You're listening to the Bootstrap SaaS Operator, the podcast where we interview founders who are actually in the trenches. We talk about the transparent journey of how they built their SaaS companies, how they grow them, and what they would do differently if they would do it all over. Hey folks, with us today, Tim Leland, founder of T.ly, a link shortener with over 400k users on the Chrome, uh, Chrome store. Super happy to have you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. I, I usually the first question is what problem your product solves, but I think for, for Link Shortener, most everyone knows what it is or used one in the past. What peaked out for me to me, you founded that by yourself, hard time, and it's a crazy competitive space. So how did you make the decision to go into that space, even though I guess it was crowded already when you start. So how did you make the decision to, to go into that? Yeah, good questions. Uh, to kind of go back to what you said originally about, uh, most people do know what it is that are technical, but I'm actually surprised every day. Somebody will say, what do you do? And I, I try to explain to them what it is and they're like, I don't know what that is. Um, so that's, that's kind of interesting. I just, I tell them I built software. Um, but Yeah. So it is a very competitive space. Uh, you know, that some of them have been around for 20 plus years and, uh, I kind of just stumbled into it. Uh, I would say accidentally, but really it was, uh, through trying to figure out what am I going to work on next? And, uh, I was building Chrome extensions and what I noticed was there was a Chrome extension that was for the Google URL shorter that, uh, had a million plus users on it. And right before that, Google had announced that they were planning to shut it down. So in my mind, I said, this looks like a great opportunity to build a Chrome extension originally that would compete against, uh, this one that was shutting down really. So my goal was to build a Chrome extension that just used other URL shorteners to create short links. So I really didn't plan to build my own service initially. It was just the extension that would interface with like Bitly, TinyURL and all these other tools. And I just wanted to build an extension that, you know, was useful for people. It really wasn't, uh, I, di I didn't have the plan to build T.ly when I started that back in like 2018. That, that makes it. And then how, when, so how long, Did it take you to build the first word? Was your developer by trade? So was that like a weekend project for you or like how long did, you, did it take to get like V1 into market basically? Yeah, it, uh, V1 of the extension really didn't take very long. I built probably 10 plus Chrome extensions before. So once you kind of have the basic framework for how to build one um, and I interfaced with just public APIs that were out there. So, uh, It didn't take me, but maybe a weekend to build the first version of the extension. Yeah, I mean, that's quite fast. So I think that's, that's a great MVP. And then you're, I think uh, the most impressive to like everyone, like listening like this also that you're like above 400k users. Um, how did you initially find traction? Because I think, well, what I know is once you're high in the ranking in the Chrome store, you kind of also get users quite organically, but how did you get that initial push to get up the rankings? Yeah. So building an extension that does what it says it does. So, you know, 
it creates short URLs. So that's like a big part and very, very simple. It's, you know, there's not a lot of like settings or setup. So somebody just installs it and then immediately gets to use it. That's, that's kind of the, the benefit of it. Um, and then also permit, so Chrome extensions request permissions. So that was a big part is can I limit the permissions so that somebody doesn't, you know, worry, what is this extension doing? You know, is it stealing my data and whatnot? So that's a pretty big problem on the Chrome extension web store. So the extension really doesn't require any permissions. It just takes the URL that you're currently on, creates a short link for it. Um, that was kind of the big thing. And then also I'd, I'd, I'd created probably five other Chrome extensions that were pretty popular. And I use some of those to kind of help market my other extensions. So I have like a weather extension that has, um, close to like 200,000 users and, um, you know, just kind of being in the space has helped me to kind of grow it. And then like technically, how, how did you do this cross promotion? Did you have like a small banner in your, in your other extension? How did you actually drive users over from the other extensions to the URL show or not? Yeah. So when, uh, I think back when you would install my weather extension, I think you would land on a page that had some of my other extensions on there. So that kind of helped. So like a confirmation page in a way. Yeah. So I would say, Oh, check out some of these other extensions if you like this one. Um, and then also just through like, you know, SEO, I think helps because my personal site, timleland.com is like my blog, but it also is, has all my, you know, projects on there and all my extensions. So kind of all that help, helps to, you know, improve the SEO to, so that when people search, they're finding mine over some of the other ones that are out there. Yeah. And then from this initial push to today was SEO and like Chrome store app optimization, which is like kind of SEO. Were those the main drivers or what else drove the business in terms of user acquisition? Yeah, I think that the SEO and uh, like Chrome web store, is a big part of it. So, you know, just building an extension that, like I said, does what it says it does and is easy for people to see, you know, see that. Like, so, so there are some optimization you can do in the Chrome web store, like your screenshots, your description, and that, that helps. So when you search URL shortener extension, generally mine's at the top because of that. Got it. So for, for a complete newbie so to say you would say great description great screenshots and very straightforward naming uh, of the tool so that what the user actually gets after downloading the chrome extension matches very well to to everything you consume beforehand yeah yeah that's right yeah so um and i even i don't i'm not very creative with my name so i could have named it the extension something fancy but i went with just the term url shorter so that kind of helps for people who are searching for it, it's very clear. Same with like my weather extension, it's called weather extension. I guess, I guess it helps with, with being found. So it's, it's great naming for that. And then how do you, it's, or at least like what one hears is that Chrome extensions are notoriously hard to monetize. So how do you monetize the app? Like how is the pricing structure? How do you actually get people to pay you because in the end you somehow need to, to generate revenue on it. Yeah. That's something I actually need to probably work on. So I've, you know, 450,000 users using the extension roughly and, uh, my conversion rate on those, is not super great, but 
Yeah, so you can use the extension completely free uh, to create short links, but when you install it, it prompts you to create an account. And then anything, like if you want to customize the URL, set some additional things, um, add your own custom domain, all of those are kind of upsells. So from the extension, it's pretty much just, you know, do the basic create a short link. But then if you want to do anything more advanced, you know, like I said, custom domains, set the back half of the URL to be something you want it to be, um, set it so it expires after a certain number of clicks or a, a date. Those all require an account, which then requires a, a subscription after the free trial. And how much is the subscription then? Yeah, it starts at uh, $10 a month. And I have like an annual plan that's a little bit discounted that uh, is, you know, more like a $5 range if somebody wants to sign up. And, you know, there's a lot of people that want just a few links. They're needing it for specific, you know, marketing reasons, whatever. So that kind of works well for them. And then do you already have like the, I would say like the persona who's typically like, is it like a marketing person or is it, I mean, it's a huge user base. So is it very horizontal all over the place or do you by now have like a very good feeling of no, most are actually like marketers and I don't know, like real estate agents or whatever. Yeah, it's, that's a hard question because I'd, I've tried to figure that out. Um, who, you know, who signs up for it? Well, it's just such a variety of people. It's really anybody who needs to create you know, a short URL that could be, you know, a teacher that could be a business doing a marketing campaign. Um, you know, a lot of people use it for like texting because, you know, your limit zone, the character link. Um, if you need like QR codes and need to be able to track how many people have scanned a QR code, um, all those type of things, it's pretty universal. So, uh, any, any business that is promoting stuff online, sharing things needs to be able to track it is a, potential customer. Um, but generally like I'm, I'm more so targeting the smaller creators, smaller businesses than going after like enterprise. Uh, that's kind of been my approach is, okay, let me see, you know, how many smaller businesses I can get. Not that I wouldn't take on a bigger business, but, um, as I've been adding additional more advanced features, that's where, you know, some of these enterprise customers would be probably more interested to come over and use it. If you need to hire the right developers and ship fast, then React Squad is for you. A boutique agency that specializes in React and only works with fast growth startups. Get a 14-day risk-free trial and a transparent price of $95 per hour. Visit reactsquad.io to learn more. And you just recently in, in May when you went full-time. How did you come to that decision? Because in the end, it's like not an easy decision to make to go full-time on a project was, that was like a side project for quite a while, even if it's successful. So how did you, what was like your thinking process on, on and to come to that conclusion, basically? Yeah, it's definitely a tough uh, decision to make. Um, yeah, I, I just, at one point I just decided, okay, if I double down and put all my focus versus just, you know, nights and weekends type of thing that I could see it grow, potentially grow faster and, uh, get, you know, get a lot bigger. And I also had a lot of, um, new features that I wanted to build that, you know, I could have built, it just would have taken me longer. So I'm really just saying, okay, I'm going to take a, take a risk and put all my effort and energy into building it and just see how big I can get it versus, you know, I might've been able to do it, but it might've taken me 
two, three times as long with the, you know, keeping a full-time job. So, um, and also I've been doing, you know, building side projects really since I graduated, you know, college, I've built different tools, apps for the last 10 plus years. Um, so I've been kind of having this in the back of my mind for a while and finally just decided, you know, let me take a risk and, uh, go for it. And I guess at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, I could always, uh, go back and get a regular job. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. That's amazing. And then you, are you working on that solo? Do you have like freelancers helping you out? How, how do you manage all that workload? Yeah, for now it's solo. Um, and you know, there's some support obviously with customers and then features and then marketing. So I kind of try to split my time between, you know, all three of those things. So, you know, if a new customer has a problem, try to jump in there, help them as quick as possible. Um, also, you know, a lot of my new features come from them suggesting different things. So, uh, but yeah, so it's marketing is like the biggest thing that, you know, everybody talks about and it's probably the hardest for a developer. So I'm trying to spend more time on that than anything else and just really getting the word out. So some of these other tools are, have been around so long, they have tons of, uh, you know, backlinks, SEO stuff to where you know, people search and they find, you know, the other tools. Um, so I'm really working on trying to just bring, you know, more brand awareness, I guess, and just more awareness that the product exists. Um, it's more affordable, gives you um, very similar feature set, uh, great customer support. And, uh, um, you know, I think competes really well with some of these other much larger, more expensive products. Let's put a pin in the marketing part because I would love to come back on that. And then a very nitty gritty question. How do you split your time? Do you, do, I know some people to do like marketing week, coding week. I know some people will say Monday through Friday marketing and still they code on the weekends. Basically, how do you, how do you split your time on that? Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of saying a marketing week and then development week. And I've actually been considering doing that because right now it's kind of whatever the next thing I think is the most valuable. So if it is building a feature, um, you know, I'll jump in and build that. Um, and then, you know, if, if all of a sudden I have a great idea to build a, you know, do something for marketing, I'll do that. So, and also I like mark like development as marketing or building like free products that help drive traffic. And one simple one is, I just, uh, released a like tool that's completely free. You can just go and you can go to t.ly slash tool slash screenshot website, and you can put in a URL and generate a screenshot of the website. So I'm trying to build more and more tools that are just free and that they act as marketing, but they also, you know, help with SEO and added benefit and things like that. I here on my notes, I had the question. Uh, what is the strategy with the five tools on t.ly? So I think I, I can take that question over that it's engineering as marketing. Yeah. And then is this really, because you, you mentioned that like the Chrome store, like app SEO optimization is like, you, there's not an infinite amount of things you can do there. So I guess you like reach, reach the top there already in terms of optimizations. And then is the engineering as marketing your main focus or is it like, block SEO that you're working on or what are those marketing things that like you're putting your effort in right now? Yeah. If, if I 
come up with an idea that kind of fits really with like anything to do with a URL. So, you know, like the screenshot tool is an example. Um, I'll build those in, and as long as I can, you know, do it and it's something that makes sense along the product. Um, but yeah, so I guess to go back to what you said about the extension, that's something I, I've needed probably, I have actually in my list to switch focus and actually go in and see what can I do to enhance it and make it better. Um, I haven't really done a ton of stuff on it recently. So that's, a, that's another one to do. Yeah. And for example, on the screenshot tool, do you, do you then do like a product hunt launch or do you, how do you get initial traction for this? Because in the end, it's kind of amazing to have a free tool, but also like people need to know about it to, to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Uh, well that one, uh, you know, I could do a product on lunch, probably not. Uh, there's other free tools out there. Uh, so in my mind, you know, if I could bring in traffic from some of these other tools that are doing it to T.LY, it'll just like kind of boost the overall like presence of, of the domain and, you know, possibly improve my search ranking. That's something I've been doing a lot of, uh, tr trying to like learn more about like SEO and how, if you build this, um, I'm blanking on the word, but if you build like pretty much where you have this domain authority around a topic, in my case, like a URL, that's, that's what I'm trying to do to where I have all these tooling and features around URLs. And then hopefully that will then lead to driving more traffic and, you know, ultimately more signups, more users. Nice. So then, I mean, as we said, you, you kind of recently went full time, but do you already know what like the big, the big vision is like, do you have something specific in mind or is it like so new to be full time that you first need to settle in basically? Yeah. Uh, I guess my, my goal is to grow it, to be, you know, one of the top URL shorteners out there, which, you know, it's, it's growing pretty, pretty quickly. So that's, it's kind of on the path to, to being more, you know, how many, how many users would that be? Like if you would be like, what's the biggest URL shortener out there in terms of usage? Uh, you know, probably bit.ly tiny URL. Those are kind of the two top ones that come to mind. Um, so you know, right now I'm in the you know, top five or six, something like that. So I'm kind of on the path. Now, some of the advantages I have is the domain is, is great. So it's, you know, I kind of promote it as the world's shortest URL shortener. So, um, one of the benefits of it is if you create a short link on t.ly, it's actually short versus if you go create one on tiny URL, it's like 20 characters long now because, and, and some of that's just the age of the, you know, there's only so many URLs you can create that are short and then you start running out of characters. So, um, just in general, the domain being really short, the fact that I don't have as many I haven't been around as long, so I don't have as many short links on the service. So there's a lot more, you know, short URLs available. Um, so that's, that's kind of, you know, what I'm trying to do is to grow it, to be, you know, up there with those, those other competitors. I think that's an amazing, uh, point to wrap up and a uh, very ambitious goal. I love it. So Tim, thanks. Thanks a ton for coming on. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me on. This is great. If you like this episode, then you'll love the SaaS Operator, a weekly newsletter brought to you by Early Node with actionable insights from SaaS experts in the industry 
delivered right to your inbox every Tuesday for free. Visit earlynode.com to subscribe.